This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast! podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys, and welcome to a new episode of Couch Talks on Unitherapy Podcast. My name is Kat. I am the host. And if you are unfamiliar with what Couch Talks is, it is the special bonus episode where I answer questions that you guys send, and you can send them to Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. And each week we try to answer one of your questions. And so if you have something you want to share with me and get some insight on, feel free to send that. They always remain anonymous. And we also always like to remind everybody that although I am somewhat answering some of your questions, oftentimes with questions back, this podcast does not serve as a replacement or a substitute for any mental health services, although it can still help. So this week we are doing the normal thing, answering one question from one of y'all. And it's something I strongly relate to, especially in my past. And I imagine some of y'all will also relate to it, which is really what happens most of the time. I get these questions and I don't know if you guys feel like you're the only one in it, but they're questions that I feel are very not universal because not everybody is always struggling with all of these things, but they're fairly common, but things that we don't always talk about because of shame or we don't think they're common. And so I, I really do appreciate you guys sending these in because I imagine it can be somewhat scary, especially if you think that this isn't a common thing. So that definitely applies today. And so I'm going to read the question and then we're going to talk about it. Hey, Kat. I've noticed a pattern in my relationship history, and I was wondering if you could offer some insight on it. It seems like I am always much more eager to define the relationship that I'm in than the people I am dating are. Looking back, I feel like I am actually rushing into them. I am talking date two or three, I'm ready to commit. It doesn't feel wrong in the moment, but in retrospect, I can definitely see how it may freak someone out. I just don't know what the typical time frame for the stages of dating are or if they exist at all. 
Do you have any tips on how to slow down the process of dating or information on how the stages of dating should feel and move time-wise? Thanks for all you do. Okay, so like I said, this is something that I have also experienced in my past. So I have a lot of empathy in this situation. And it's so hard to know what the right thing to do is in relationships because there isn't just one right thing. And for a lot of people, the beginning of relationships can be so fun and exciting that it becomes super easy to just get caught up in it and the excitement and just move based on our emotional highs. And one rule of thumb that I like to tell everybody and I like to tell myself when I was dating, this is a lesson I had to learn myself, is that in a healthy relationship, there is no rush. When we are healthy in relationships, we are not rushed because of a lot of reasons. Now, in the beginning stages of dating and getting to know somebody, when we like somebody, we can be super pulled to see them over and over and over and over and over and over again, almost like they're a drug and we just want to get another hit of it. But it's also really important to give yourself time to process really how you feel about that person versus how you feel when you're with them and how you feel about wanting a relationship. And that's what I meant by earlier seeing we can get caught up in the, the excitement and move based on our emotional highs versus really how we're feeling about this person if it's, and if it's a right fit for us. What I've also seen in the more recent years is relationships tend to move super fast because by the time people meet for a date, they have been talking on an app for or texting for like one to three weeks daily and sometimes have been sharing some really intimate things and having what feel like really intimate conversations before you even meet the person. And I don't necessarily think this is always a bad thing and it means that you're doomed. But I do caution people in engaging with this for the most part because it kind of tricks our brain into thinking we know this person better than we do and that we are farther along in the process than we are. I strongly suggest if you are dating online, meet the person as soon as you can. Get off the app, get off texting as soon as possible because when you are with somebody, it is a different experience. And I want people to experience getting to know somebody and having those get to know you easy conversations that can lead to more intimate conversations for the actual date because you either get on the date and it's like really awkward because you're like, oh, I know your whole life story. Uh, this is awkward what we talk about or we get to the date and we're like, oh my gosh, this energetically doesn't feel right. And I have given so many intimate details of my life to this person that I wish that I wouldn't have done. So get in person with the person as fast as possible. And that actually might help you slow down the process because you're not moving when it's really easy when we're just texting it can feel like this person is part of our lives, right? They're integrating our lives. We say good morning. We text how we're doing in the middle of the day. We tell them about our family, all of these things and what we're doing all the time. When often, when we're starting to date somebody in person, we're not texting that person every single day all the time. So the apps have really changed that because of the conversational nature of the beginning of how those really work out. It's not, hey, message, set up a time to meet. It's, hey, message, we got to see if we like each other, then set up a time to meet. There doesn't need to be a long, hour-long conversations over days to decide if you want to meet somebody. It can be a couple messages back and forth. It can be one conversation, and then you meet them, and then you save all the other stuff to give yourself a real chance of being with that person in person. 
Now, like I said, when when you're getting the good morning text and the good night text before you meet somebody, it can feel good in the moment. Also, in reality, it's kind of weird. And it's very, very important to remember that there is a difference between intimacy and information. People can be quick to give a lot of information up quickly that creates an illusion of knowing someone and creating an intimate bond keyword illusion. However, intimacy includes time and information. We have to experience someone to know them intimately, not just gain information about them. I actually met my fiance on a dating app and we didn't talk much at all before we met up, which is something that was pretty important to me because of a lot of my history. I mean, I'm telling you, I was on these dating apps for a long time and had a lot of poor results from them. And I learned a lot about myself and about dating, about people by using them. But like I said, we didn't really talk much at all before we met up to the point I thought he was ghosting me because after we set up the date, I didn't really hear from him until the evening of our date when I checked in to make sure we were still going. I even had texted uh, Stacy, who is one of the therapists that works at Three Chords Therapy with me, I texted her and I was like, I'm dressed up for this date. If I get stood up, I need you to come meet me for a glass of wine. And she was like, okay, I'm there. But why do you think you're getting stood up? Which I didn't, luckily. But I share that because it, it was actually really cool because we had so much to talk about. And we were not really that connected to each other there what if it didn't work out it wouldn't be a huge loss we didn't invest a lot of time into each other and I wanted to see what it what felt like to be sitting with him and hear him say these things and and hear how our conversations flow in person before I really started investing much more I'm Elia Connie and this is family therapy my best hopes I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. 
Listen to Woke App Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Our conversations between dates were pretty slim for the first couple of weeks, even. And we went about four days, one time even a week between each of our first dates, like three to four dates. So that process was pretty slow and then things started to pick up pretty quickly after that but I wasn't head over heels after the first couple of dates I wasn't head over heels when we met on the app in fact I almost didn't go on our third date I obviously went but I wasn't dying to get back out there which is hilarious now especially because we moved so much faster starting around like our our fourth date it really started to pick up But it was really nice to be able to just like take my time and having conversations with this person, spending time with this person, letting it sink in and allowing myself to process if I wanted to see him again or if I just wanted to go on another date again. And I got to process the things that I liked about him. I got to process the things I didn't like about him, which is very important to look at both and not just put our rose-colored glasses on, which is something that we tend to do when we want to make something work. Another thing that adds to the moving fast experience is that when we start dating someone, we get excited about all the newness and the fun and the shininess of the experiences we're having without actually integrating that person into our lives, right? So it's kind of like vacation mode almost in dating. We can't really realistically decide if we want to integrate somebody into our lives and make this person a staple and commit to this person in my life. If I haven't given myself a chance to see what it's like to develop a relationship with them and the reality of what both of our lives look like. So it's not just about the date goes well. It's about do our lifestyles match up? For some people, it's do they get along with my friends? It's do I get along with their friends? Do our schedules match up? And can we actually realistically make time to see each other at the amount that I would like to see the person that I'm dating? And while it's okay and often a good sign that you're excited about somebody, we need to give ourselves space to really understand what excites us about the person we are dating versus just the experience of dating somebody in general. And we don't want to look at our potential partners with rose-colored glasses. We don't want to pick our, our partners apart, but it is healthy to notice the things that we don't like or that we just want to be aware of or be cautious of. 
And again, there's no right pace or way to move through the stages of dating, but there are extremes on both sides and we should be aware of when we are dabbling in those extremes. When the relationship is at lightning speed and when the relationship is at a snail's pace, you might want to be a little curious about what's going on um, within that experience. The number one thing, though, that you really got to find in this is a partner who is compatible with the pace that you move and compatible with your personality and what you want out of the relationship and how you see relationships and how they work. People who live more in the moment tend to move faster, right? They, they view labeling things and all of that a little differently than, than somebody who likes to plan for the future. They might want to go a little slower compared to somebody who really is careful about planning for their future and how everything aligns. They might want to take things more slowly. And honestly, neither of them are better than the other. It just comes down to preference and compatibility, For some people, calling you their girlfriend or boyfriend isn't that big of a deal. For some, it's a really monumental thing and carries a lot of weight and you have to match that up with your partner or be understanding of their process. And along with that, I think understanding what each stage of dating means for the other person is super helpful. So we attach different meanings to the stages based on our own experiences. We don't have these universally defined stages of what talking means, what dating means, what a commitment means, what seeing somebody means. You can ask one person in dating means I'm going on dates with them. Another person it might mean they're my girlfriend or boyfriend or partner. So having that conversation could be super helpful along with looking what's really underneath the need and the desire to define the relationship. Why is it important? What does it change for you? What does it mean for you? And what does it not change that we need to acknowledge? Answering these questions can change your persistence in the commitment process for you. So I really would say start there if you're looking at how do I slow myself down because I notice myself getting ahead of myself. And instead of trying to define the relationship right out of the gate, have a conversation about how you feel and where you hope the relationship goes with the person you're dating. Then the relationship status may more naturally and authentically just develop based on mutual feelings. And it actually may give you more ease in waiting and letting the process take you where it takes you. So per usual, leaving this one with some questions rather than direct things to do. But I do want you to know that this is something that a lot of people are going to relate to on both ends. Some people have a really hard time committing. Some people have a really hard time staying in that limbo period and allowing the process to be a little slower. So I hope this was helpful as always. And if you have any more questions or feedback, you can send that to Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. You can follow us at Union Therapy Podcast, at cat.defada, and my practice at Three Quarts Therapy. And until Monday, when I talk to you guys again, I hope you guys have the day you need to have. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, 
This is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.